following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Are you ready for a break? Uh, Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, May 6th, 2020, season 16, episode number eight. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We are live from our home studios. Uh, we'll call them the SWBC Mortgage Studios. Uh, I got my guys, Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, and of course, Amber Garcia joining us today for another episode of The Break. We got a lot to talk about today. Schedule release is coming up tomorrow. We want to talk a little bit about that, get you guys ready for that. Uh, we'll also talk about a couple uh, or a new player for the Cowboys, Andy Dalton. And uh, why the Cowboys made this move uh, and moved on from Cooper Rush. Uh, and then we'll finish up our discussion on the draft. We, last week we went through our first uh, four picks. And today we'll talk a little bit about Bradley and I, uh, Ben DiNucci, and uh, wrap up our draft coverage uh, here on the break. How's, how's everybody doing today? Great. Doing great. Good to see you. Good. Good. <laughs> surviving. Surviving out here. <laughs> yeah, I saw before we went on the show. Amber was taking some medicine, some medicine, because she wasn't feeling great. Nick was like wiping his nose, because it looked like he's kind of got a little something going on. So it's good that we're all in different locations. At least we'll keep each other from uh, from getting sick. And <laughs> yeah, it, it's either toilet paper or tissue for you, Nick. I don't know, like one or the other, right? I'm always gonna bring something. Where is that toilet paper? I, maybe we'd use that. I don't know. Have you guys used it all? You need some more? We we running low? I, no, I'm not running low. I've got I've got plenty. I've got plenty. all right. Good. Well, let's talk a little bit about the schedule release. Uh, the Cowboys tomorrow night, actually the entire NFL, um, is going to be pushing forward, uh, releasing the schedule for the 2020 season. Uh, their intention, the intention of the league, is that they are going to uh, uh, approach the season as though they're going to play a full season. And, uh, and so they're going to release the schedule tomorrow night. Uh, for the first time, uh, each team will be allowed to release the schedule at 6.30. So we'll be releasing our schedule tomorrow night at 6.30. So make sure you check out DallasCowboys.com, Cowboys Mobile any of our social channels. Uh, we will have a live show uh, where we will release the schedule uh, that we will uh, cast across all those different platforms. Um, but I, I, the question I have for you guys is, we already know the opponents. We know who the Cowboys will be playing next season. Uh, just to give you an idea, the home schedule, we know the Cowboys will play the three division teams. They'll also play the Cardinals, 49ers, the Browns, the Steelers, and the Falcons. And then on the road, they'll play the three division teams plus the Seahawks, the Rams, the Vikings, the Bengals, and the Ravens. Which of all those games do you think uh, is most intriguing to you? Or I guess even if you had a, a couple games that you kind of bunched together, what's what's most intriguing to you about uh, the opponents the Cowboys have next season? Let's start with you, Dave. Um. Well, I don't know this, but I have an inkling, just a just a hunch, that. I think there's a very good chance the Cowboys are going to be the team opening the Rams' new stadium in Los Angeles. Um, there's been buzz about it for months. Jerry Jones just had a twinkle in his eye talking about it at the Combine back in February. Uh, and Jerry Jones is a pretty persuasive guy, so I think there's a good chance that happens. And if it does, um, what a spectacle that would be. Uh, you know, we, we know how impressive AT&T Stadium is. 
Uh, this is the, you know, the new, you know, the next big thing. It's going to be the next greatest stadium in the NFL, I guess. So that'll be cool. Uh, selfishly, I've never been to Baltimore. Uh, so going to Baltimore to watch the MVP, the reigning MVP, Lamar Jackson. And then obviously get to see my guy, Joe Burrow, in person next year. So that's fun, too. So that's three that I've got my eye on. All right. Nick, Ravens. I'll take Ravens. I'll just do one and I'll say Ravens. I think that's the one. I think that could be the season opener, actually. And I just think playing, you know, Lamar Jackson and, and going up to Baltimore, place the Cowboys or the stadium the Cowboys have never won at, uh, will be will be an intriguing ma- intriguing matchup. I could see that being very early in the season. Amber. Well, I'm. I would say I want to see them play with the Steelers. I just for the Spanish content, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Just for pure Spanish content, Cowboys versus Steelers. But I, I am excited about the, the Rams. Uh, hopefully it's a better experience than the last few times we've been over there because yeah. that sucked. But I, I'm excited to see what what they've turned that stadium into. You know, it's interesting. I, I'm looking at the schedule, and, and, and if I had one game that really intrigues me a lot, it would be the Cardinals just because with their addition of DeAndre Hopkins uh, and what they were able to do last year offensively, you started to see as the season wore on, they were starting to get that offense going a little bit. You had a guy who I think is at least top three wide receiver in the NFL um, and playmaker in the NFL. Um, I think that's going to be a really, really high-flying, high-scoring offense there in Arizona. So that's going to make it interesting. But I, I say that because I think when you look across all the, the opponents the Cowboys have next year, Man, it's gonna. I know, Dave. You guys talked on the draft show about this whole concept of the forty burger. They may need that because they're playing a bunch of teams that can put up some points. You look at the Cardinals. You look at the uh, the, the 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 Falcons. You look at uh, the the Seahawks. You look at the the Bengal. I mean, not the Bengals. I'm sorry, the Ravens, the Rams, uh, and then there's some teams like the Browns and the Cardinals who have a lot of talent offensively, who on any given week could show up and, and score a lot of points. I just think that. Overall, the Cowboys are going to play some teams that can score, and the Cowboys are going to have to score in order to match or play some really, really, really stingy defense. This could be a really interesting season. You know, obviously, the the, the discussion continues to go about Dak and how good he is and how much money he deserves. He's going to have a great chance to prove himself again. I mean, obvi- you're going to play good quarterbacks every year, but it's interesting how many – members of like the young class of quarterbacks are on the schedule from Kyler Murray to Baker Mayfield, the new number one pick, Joe Burrow, Daniel Jones, and maybe Dwayne Haskins, who were just drafted, the reigning MVP, Lamar Jackson, the arguable MVP, Russell Wilson. Um, it's just, a, I mean, the, you know, the face, the next face of, of quarterbacks in the NFL is all over the schedule. It'll be fun to see how Dak stacks up against that. No doubt. Not just Dak, but all the defense. I'm I'm very curious to see how this Cowboys defense is gonna look like and perform against some of these other offense in the NFL. Because based on what it, they just didn't do enough last year, so I'm hoping that this year with the new coaching staff, they're able to actually pump up the game and perform better and to the expectations that we were expecting them to play last year, and they didn't. You know, you got to watch out for the Giants, too. I mean, because, you know, Jason Garrett is the offensive coordinator. You say what you want about him being here, T-shirts, whatever. He's a off, good offensive coordinator. And he's going to have some good weapons. And he's got arguably 
one of the best running backs in the NFL, uh, one of the most dangerous players there. So, you know, with Daniel Jones coming in there, I think, you know, the Giants will be a, a, a tough matchup for the Cowboys. They always are. He's here, too. <laughs> Yeah, he did. I mean, he did. Yeah, yeah and it was good. Different role, but... And he was good. I mean, the offensive coordinator, he was good. I mean, really good. So, yeah, he's yeah. he's a good offensive coordinator for sure. So that, 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 that was a problem for the Cowboys. I mean, for other teams when he was offensive coordinator and running the offense. So, yeah, you're right. He had that here. And no, to chance, your point, uh, I actually think he was a better... Go ahead, Dave. No, no go ahead, Derek. No, I was going to say, to your point, I, I think he was actually a better offensive coordinator than, than maybe even a head coach. I think he was, I think that offense was really, really good when he was an offensive coordinator. And I actually wonder if the Cowboys did themselves a favor uh, when, they, when they made the decision that he was going to step away from being the guy to call the plays. Uh, because I think that's when you started getting into a lot of other things where, um, where the offense, you know, you get into the Scott Linehan year and, and the years. And I, I just don't, I don't know if they were better with him not calling the plays than they were with him calling the plays. Let's go ahead and move on and uh, talk a little bit about the the quarterback position. Uh, Cowboys made a decision this week that, or last week, that I actually really loved, and, and I want to hear your opinions. They signed Andy Dalton to a one-year deal, uh, $3 million is, I think, what he's being compensated. I think he can get up to as high as $7 million with incentives. Uh, I'll ask you guys a very simple question. Do you think this was a good move for the Cowboys? Let's start with Amber. How can he not be? I mean, there, there is no way you can argue that it was a bad move. I loved it. Completely unexpected, honestly. I did not expect to see the Cowboys pull something like this. He's a veteran guy. He has the experience. You know, you. some people are arguing, okay, does this mean that they can use this as leverage to negotiate with Dak when it comes up with about his contract and I don't I don't know if that necessarily plays a role into that but what I do know is they back themselves up whatever the reason or case may be whether Dak decides to hold out or whether he gets injured whatever may happen he is a guy that can definitely step in and play a game make it happen the Cowboys haven't had a veteran guy with this kind of experience, at least not since I've been here. So that that's really relieving and good and refreshing to see the Cowboys do something like this because I truly think they really needed someone with experience behind Dak. Nick? Um, it, to me, you know, it's like changing your car insurance. Have you ever ch- switched out and you're like, yeah, okay. Like you, you hope it doesn't even matter. You don't see a big difference. Yeah, you made a change, but you don't see a difference. That's what I hope the Cowboys will have here. Yes, it's a good backup, veteran backup. It's funny how if you were to say two weeks ago, a week ago, what's your thoughts on Andy Dalton? Everybody would be like, mm, no, as the backup. You're like, oh, yeah, as the backup. So uh, if he plays, that could be a problem. But, but you know, He's never had this type of offensive line and, and weapons really around him, so you know he, he might be pretty good in that. But I just you know as a backup, sure, it's it's expensive, but it's should be an upgrade. But again, you hope that he plays as much as Cooper Rush played. That's the beauty of it. It's it's not it's not expensive. It's so cheap for a guy that started 130 games. It's they're only paying him 900 thousand more. Then they were paying Cooper Rush, who has thrown three NFL passes in a real game. They got him for three mil. And, you know, if 
there's playtime incentives, and if the, if he plays and they go to the playoffs, he could get up to seven. That's yeah. still a bargain. The the Texans are wait nine hundred more than what? Than Cooper nine hundred more than what? What was what was Cooper Rush making? They're paying nine hundred thousand more. They're pay, they were going to pay Cooper Rush two point one million dollars. Yeah, you think they were going to pay? I mean, he, they hadn't paid him yet. Well, they hadn't paid him yet. He 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 had never made that much money. He got a tender for two point two, but he hadn't made that much. He didn't sign it. I'm just saying. Well, he signed he, it, but he he didn't get any money until the but, week one. That's what were, I'm saying is they, they had were going action. to pay him that. They like that is what they were going to pay their backup quarterback Deba- until they switched him out. Debatable. Either way, either way, it's it, it's a little bit more. It's a lot more than they were paying their backup quarterback last year. So, and it's a lot of money for a guy you hope wears a ball cap the whole year. That's all I'm saying. I, I, I just disagree because again, like Andy Dalton's making way less than a lot of other backups in the NFL right now. Like that, the going rate for a quarterback that can step in and win and potentially win you games is a lot of money. The Saints are paying Taysom Hill sixteen million dollars, and he's not even their preferred number two, or hasn't been. Uh, so I just I think it's an absurd discount. Uh, yeah, I mean I hope I hope he doesn't play, but. Uh, to get that kind of deal on a guy that's been to three Pro Bowls, um, it's it's freaking awesome. And it's so refreshing that the Cowboys were like, ah, maybe that guy's better than our guy. As opposed to, we love our guys, which mm-hmm. is what we heard for a decade. Um, it, it, it's really cool to see them step outside of their comfort zone to try to improve their roster. That was the, think- most, that was the most refreshing part was cutting Cooper Rush on Monday. Not, not nothing against him. It's just that they wouldn't have done that before. They would have sat there and, and wait. Well, let's see what happens, and then he he has to go to camp and get no snaps, and then see if there's a you know a job waiting for him at the end. You know, they cut him. They knew there would be somebody in New York waiting for him, so you know it worked out. Do <laughs> you think that that part of that was that they they really like Danucci and they want to see how much they can develop him? And they know with four guys on the on the roster, they're they're just not going to get a lot of opportunity. Or actually five. I think there's another quarterback yeah. on the roster for training camp. Uh, but they just wouldn't get enough. Uh, they'd have too many bodies to really get a chance to see what Danucci could do. Yeah, I, I do think that. I think that Danucci's got a really good chance to be the third quarterback, uh, especially now that they've added uh, two two spots on the roster. It's 55 uh, spots on the roster. I mean, that just makes it more sense to have a third quarterback there. But I guess Let me ask, Clayton Clayton Thorson, I mean, he's, don't forget him. Yeah. So let's take it a little different direction. Let's back up a little bit to Andy Dalton. Why do you think he made the decision uh, to come to the Cowboys? This is a guy that I think is fairly accomplished as a quarterback in the NFL. He's played a lot of football. He's gone to the playoffs. Hasn't gotten a playoff win. But has played on some pretty good offenses here uh, in his career. Why do you think he chose the Cowboys where he's behind a guy who notoriously doesn't get hurt where there are probably situations in the NFL where maybe he could have gotten an opportunity to go in and, and maybe compete for a starting job or even be behind a quarterback that may have a little more injury concerns that, that gives him maybe a better opportunity of being able to get on the field. I, I don't know. Like, how, long, I don't, how long is this contract for? Just one year. One year, one one year. year deal. Oh. That, you know, I, I don't know. I, it's hard to, to gauge that because – um, I, I won't. I won't lie. I, I did think about Kyle Orton when he when he signed because I just thought, you know, that was interesting too. When Kyle Orton signed a few years ago as the backup, when he had seemingly some other options, and you wondered, 
you know, maybe he just doesn't want to do that. He doesn't want to compete. He's just he's okay being the backup. Um, I don't know if that's the case with Andy Dalton. I've never met him. I don't know anything of, really about him other than what he was doing in Cincy. So a one-year deal, probably just a chance to come back to Dallas, come back to the Metroplex area, and you know, it's where he's from, and you know maybe turn that into something else. But I, I don't know. Maybe this was this was a better situation for him, and where he is mentally, that he just wanted to be here. I've been thinking about this a lot, and I don't know it for sure. But I wonder how much COVID-19 played into this decision. Um, because this is where Andy Dalton lives. He owns a home here. Um, he, he's here. He's been, like, for years, he's been here in the offseason. Like, he is very familiar with the area. Obviously, he went to school at TCU. And I just wonder, if you look around at the options, and, you know, if there had been a place that wanted him to be their clear-cut starter, maybe you do that. But if you're looking around and the best bet you have is – will give you a chance to compete, but you've got to uproot your family to, and I'm just using, I'll use Seattle as an example. I don't even know if they offered him a spot, but you're like, well, am I really going to try to move my family to Seattle and figure out how to get the kids in school and find a home and all this other stuff? And there's a pandemic and nobody can go outside. And that just sounds exhausting to me. Um, And you think, you know, you look at the offer on the table and you say, oh, I can take a one-year deal where I already live, where I don't have to do any of that, and I can reassess the situation next year when everything's fine, and you know maybe I get a chance to play and improve my stock, or at the very least, you know I'll kind of get to polish my image, uh, being with a more successful franchise. I just you know I wouldn't be surprised if that was a big part of the thought process. He did mention on the uh, on the uh, Adam Schefter podcast that. Uh, that he did have several options, and he chose the Cowboys. Uh, and I think I think that's part of it, Dave. I do I really do believe that part of that is uh, right now. I think there are probably now he's probably not the only player in the NFL that because of uh, the limited travel and that sort of thing that they just they're making decisions that are somewhat short term to give them their best opportunity for right now, knowing that uh, you know you're just trying to see where you can fit in for this year, and then with the hopes that next year there are a little bit more uh, there a little bit more opportunity. A little bit more opportunity to travel, opportunities to get out a little bit more and, and kind of see what your options are um, and then make a better long-term decision at that point. He did also mention that there was some value to him in coming to uh, to play with a coach like McCarthy who's had so much success with quarterbacks uh, because that, that ultimately can maybe help him be a, a little bit better at, at what he's doing and how he's preparing uh, as a quarterback. Um, and I mean, so also... Be- I, oh, sorry. Just, I mean, no, but, he started... But- 32 is not old for an NFL quarterback. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he can turn this into one more meaningful contract. Um, Teddy Bridgewater's situation is a little bit different because he had that gnarly injury, but he wound up in New Orleans and got a nice deal to be their backup uh, after sitting there for a year. Like, they paid him pretty handsomely to not play, and then he gets a chance to play five games last year, you know, subbing in for Drew Brees and turned that into a huge contract to be a starter. Uh, so there's no telling what could come out of this for Andy Dalton just being here for one year. Well, Amber, you mentioned it a little earlier. Uh, there have been, there's been talk out there and lots of people talking about it one way or the other on whether this really affects negotiations with Dak Prescott on a long-term deal. I'll ask you guys that question. Nicholas, start with you. Do you think that the signing of Andy Dalton affects or allows the Cowboys a little more leverage when they're negotiating with Dak Prescott? I don't think it, it allows any any leverage. 
Uh, I just think it gives them uh, a, a veteran that if if Dak isn't going to participate in some of the offseason things or maybe it's going to take longer for him to get in there, they have just more of an option. But, you know, also I think the biggest part of this whole thing is just the fact that it's philosophy changes. It's just the quarterback. I mean, um, it's a backup quarterback that, that McCarthy wanted. He, he, he This guy drafted, you know, I mean, uh, they didn't draft – or he drafted uh, Aaron Rodgers or, or – cut Brett Favre when he had Aaron Rodgers and and you know they were drafting quarterbacks all the time he views quarterbacks differently than what we've seen before so I just think it's it's all about that I don't think it changes the leverage of the Cowboys trying to sign him they know what they want to pay they just don't want to pay Dak uh to be the highest paid quarterback in the NFL right now they don't think he's deserved it and I don't either Uh, I, I can't imagine how this gives the Cowboys a substantial amount of leverage. I mean, if if they think that having Andy Dalton allows them to, like, hold firm on their number, I guess that's fine. But, like, if Dak Prescott is, like, the alpha, elite quarterback, top-tier guy that we're arguing about, like, if he's that guy, I hope he's not intimidated by having Andy Dalton on the team. Like, I would hope Dak's reaction to this signing is, okay. What's that like? What am I supposed to be scared of that? Like, I would hope that that's his reaction. Um, I don't think this does much of anything. The other thing, I feel like I keep saying this, and I hope people, I hope it's getting through. This is not a Zeke situation. Um, if Dak, if Dak and the team don't have an agreement by July fifteenth, that's it. He's he's all he can play on is the tag. He so theoretically he could hold out if he wants to kiss goodbye to a two million dollar game check every week he could do that we watched levy on bell do it two years ago i just don't think it's likely um so you know but dave Dave, let me ask you this question i I did i saw that that line of thinking and again i'm not thinking that he necessarily will do this because i don't know if it's dak's way but even if he's going to play and get those game checks he still could sit out during training camp and that does put a certain amount of pressure on the team to sign him because during training camp is when you want to be installing this new offense, or not a new offense, but you have a new coach, you want to be installing the offense, you want to be getting ready for the season. Does that not create some pressure if he decides he wants to hold out during training camp? I will gladly eat these words. Dak Prescott would have to be an idiot to sit out of training camp. Because again, Zeke sat out of training camp because he was trying to create leverage to get a new deal. If Dak doesn't show up to camp... There's nothing the Cowboys can do about it. Like, they cannot give him a new deal after July 15th. So at that point, all Dak Prescott is doing is hurting his own earning potential by not practicing. So if he goes out and looks like crap because he didn't have a camp, it's on him. There's nothing the Cowboys can do. So if he wants to do that, I think it would be one of the most idiotic things I've ever seen. And Dak's not an idiot. So I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, and I will gladly come back and eat crow if that's the case. Go ahead. Nick, did you have something to say? Well, I, I, Amber? I, I, go ahead, I was Amber. just going to say, like, to me, I don't think that um, this signing of Andy changes anything. It just, if anything, it gives you a sense of comfortness. You know, whatever the reason may be, you have a veteran guy out on the field throwing passes. You don't have Cooper Rush, the one calling the offense and throwing passes, even if that's just in practice. Let's say the training camp scenario does happen. I I feel, and if I was the Cowboys, I would feel so much more comfortable having a guy like Dalton out there rather than a Cooper Rush who really doesn't have much experience. So 
If anything, it just gives you a plan B and some sense of comfortness rather than just having a guy like Cooper Rush behind as your backup guy. That's that's a good point. I mean, when Dak comes off the field and he's like, hey, wh- what'd you see? Cooper's like, I don't know. I've never thrown a pass, so I, I don't know. I mean, at least Andy <laughs> Dalton's played you know, 100, 130 games. I mean, I've always thought, that we, you know, we, we've said this before, I've always thought that was important. Having Wade Wilson, Kellen Moore, those guys there, Jason Garrett, I mean, veteran quarterbacks on the sideline, that does help, but I don't think it'll be anything close to what they, he'll get. So he should be able to benefit. But really quick, I know we got to take a break, but yeah, I actually changed my stance. I do think it helps the Cowboys leverage. Now, listening to what Dave said and, and that scenario, yeah, I think it changes their stance because it, allow, it, it changes their leverage. It allows them to say, we're sticking here. We don't have to move up. You need to come down. If not, we'll play with Andy Dalton. And, you know, can he can he lead us to that 8-8 eight eight record that, as Dak did last year? I mean, I mean, I think he probably could. I, I think Dak's way better. But I'm just saying – I think it, it keeps their leverage where it is. Do you guys think there is any chance whatsoever that Andy Dalton gets in here and they see something from him that gives them reason to believe they could move on from Dak Prescott and, and, and in favor of Andy Dalton going beyond this year? Obviously, Dak's going to be their quarterback this year. But if they don't have a long-term deal and it's a one-year franchise tag, and they start seeing some things from Andy Dalton that they like. Do you see any scenario where Dak isn't their quarterback of the future? Can I see us? Can I, I see think, it? Can I picture it? Yeah, I don't think it's very likely. But I mean, who in their right mind thought Dak Prescott would take Tony Romo's job when he did? Uh, there's no. I mean, you know, Dak could hurt himself, and you know, again, going back to Teddy Bridgewater people that had not that great of an opinion of him and all of a sudden he leads the Saints to a 5 and 0 record and he's the new face of the Carolina Panthers. So is it possible? Yeah, but I don't know how likely it is. Yeah. That's a good point. I mean, if 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 Breeze doesn't get hurt, Bridgewater doesn't get the chance to to probably get a deal like that. So, uh it's not likely that Dak gets hurt cuz he hasn't yet, but but I, I don't think it would be Dak. I don't think it would be something they see in Andy Dalton. I think it would be something that they saw or didn't see in Dak. If he if he doesn't sign, he struggles. They don't go back to the playoffs, and then it's like, well, maybe there are some other options here as opposed to giving him a, a long term deal. Yeah, I think I would agree with that. It, like in this scenario, I think it would be more likely that they would say, okay, Dak's not the guy. Let's find a quarterback in the draft, or you know. I don't know how likely it is that they give 33-year-old Andy Dalton like a four- or five-year extension, but maybe they decide to look elsewhere if this season is un- unimpressive. Yeah. Yeah. The one thing I do love about this, and I think you hear it all the time from coaches, is you want competition at every position. Most teams don't actually do that at the quarterback position because the financial part of it usually doesn't allow them to have two viable quarterback options. Uh, but I love the fact that the Cowboys now have some competition. And if nothing else, hopefully it pushes Dak a little bit more uh, because there's a capable guy behind him. And again, I don't expect Dak to wither from that. The one thing we know about Dak Prescott since he's gotten to the Cowboys is nothing's too big for him. The guy doesn't seem to be phased by the things that a lot of people get phased by. So I don't think it will affect him from that standpoint. I do like competition, though, and I do like him having somebody else in that room who has the same, who has more experience than he does. Uh, that can help push him a little bit 
uh, to be even better than what he's been in the past. I think that's a good thing for the Cowboys all the way around, whether Andy Dalton sees the field or not. Let's go ahead and take our first break. When we come back, we're going to finish up our draft coverage. Uh, we had a couple other guys the Cowboys drafted that we didn't get to on our last episodes. We're going to talk about those guys. Um, and then Amber has a game for us in the final segment. We'll get to that uh, when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too... Right above the subway! Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor! Angus! A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store to find out how to get one of our popular smartphones for $0 down. Based on GWS1 score September 2019. Do you want the most interesting, up-to-the-minute Dallas Cowboys news straight from the star in Frisco? How about exclusive and on command? That's right, news and nuggets you can't find anywhere else. With our exclusive Cowboys content on Alexa, you can have all the answers, secrets, stories, and more. What's Stephen Jones thinking during a game? What's Joe Looney's favorite pregame meal? We take your questions to Cowboys players and coaches, and you can hear the answers directly back to you. Just say Alexa, open Dallas Cowboys. Whether you're into being a part of this or more into something like this, SeatGeek has the tickets to the events you love. It's the easiest way to find, buy, and sell tickets. Plus, with their deal score technology, they'll recommend the best seats in the house at the best value. So the next time you're craving this, the SeatGeek app and let's go. SeatGeek. Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time again for tailgating with the OtterBox boys. OtterBox, the company that builds wildly overproductive phone cases? The one and only. But cases are just the start. OtterBox is the official outfitter of tailgating. If they can keep my phone safe, what can they do for my parking lot party? How about protecting your beverages from suboptimal drinking temperatures with their elevation tumblers? And OtterBox elevation tumblers come in three sizes. A 10-ouncer, a 20-ouncer, and even a 64-ounce growler. Check out all the colors and sizes of their elevation tumblers at otterbox.com back to the break here at the cowboys we can't wait to get back on the field and we know you can't wait to pack at&t stadium to cheer us on when that time comes seat geek is the place to get all your cowboys tickets plus tickets to the hundreds of games concerts rodeos and other live events we'll be able to enjoy again soon each seat geek purchase is protected by a buyer guarantee, which means you'll get your money back if your event is canceled. Guaranteed. SeatGeek. Let's go. All right, we're back. This is the break live from, uh, we're not calling it, it's our home studios. We're going to call it the SWBC Mortgage Studios. Uh, we appreciate those guys for sponsoring our studio. And uh, we're talking about draft here. I know we last week we hit up the, uh, the first four picks for the Cowboys, C.D. Lamb, Trayvon Diggs, uh, Neville Gallimore, I'm sorry, five actually, because we got to Reggie Robinson and Tyler uh, Biotish. But uh, we are now going to talk a little bit about Bradley and I, who is the fifth round pick, pick number 179. And um, my first question for you guys, and, and I'll, I'll direct this one first to Dave. It seemed like going into the draft, this was a guy that was getting, uh, it sounded like he was as high as a third round grade um, that gets all the way to the fifth round for the Cowboys. What do you think was the reason why a guy like that is is still around in the fifth round for the Cowboys to make that selection? Athleticism. Um, that that was always the knock on him. Like he's the classic case of the 
very productive college player that doesn't have the workout that wows the scouts. Um, I wish I had pulled this up during the break, but his 40 time and uh, it like he he doesn't have that quick twitch, crazy athleticism. Yeah, I mean, a seven and a half second uh, three cone drill, which three cone is the drill that I always look at uh, when I'm talking about pass rushers. I'm still surprised he fell that far because, again, like this guy was awesome at Utah. Uh, he was a senior bowl MVP, had three sacks and a forced fumble in the senior bowl, which is obviously against some of the top-notch talent. Um, very surprised he fell that far, but it's that the athleticism is the reason why. Nick, where do you think he fits uh, among these defensive ends? Does he come in? Is he an immediate starter, right in? Where do you think he falls in in, in the I guess the, the the pecking order of a of a position that seems like it has at least a lot of bodies at this point? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that he comes in and competes. He reminds me a little bit, just I guess of maybe you know geographically whatever where he comes from, but it reminds me a little bit of the Tyrone Crawford. Uh, just in the sense of, you know, he's going to come in. He didn't. Tyrone didn't wow a lot of people. He was a third-round pick, Boise State, tough guy. Could play some inside, some outside. And I think that he's going to come in. Um, you know, he's got to be better than Dorrance Armstrong first. I mean, that's that's where you know he, he's got to be better than him. Uh, you'll, you'll look at some other guys uh, as far as you know, Joe Jackson, Jalen Jokes. Let's see what they they are in their their second year. And then of course you got Alden Smith. Maybe Randy Gregory. A lot of options over there, but he's just got to come in and, and be better than, or, or at least compete with Dorrance Armstrong, Joe Jackson, Jalen Jelks to start with. But if Alden Smith is, is what people think he is going to be or what the Cowboys think he's going to be, then I see him as the starter. Amber, how do you feel about the depth there at the defensive end position? Because I think coming into the draft, I think it was a position that most people felt like was still a need for the Cowboys based upon what they had. How do you feel about it now? Well, it depends because it, you still don't really know what's going to happen with Alden Smith and Randy Gregory. Are they really going to be able to come back? And, and if they do, how are they going to be performing? I mean, these two guys definitely are skilled players. Those are one of the ta rare, talented guys that are in the NFL, but they haven't been on the field playing for a really long time now. And I'm curious to see what, what their level is going to be once brought on the field um i think that if that's the case if they do get reinstated and come back right before you know when they're ready to get started with training camp and be part of the whole practices i think that depth wise yes it's great i feel pretty good about it but I, there's just so much unknown you know uh aside from those two guys level wise and then this guy that they just drafted, you just don't know what what's the learning curve here. You see a lot of these guys come in, and sometimes you expect them to perform at a certain level, but we all know that some rookies have a longer or a bigger learning cu curve than others. So I, I just don't know what's really going to happen as far as how soon we're going to be able to see them perform well and, and do well in the defensive line. Amber mentions Alden Smith and, and Randy Gregory. I'll toss the question to you, both you, Nick, and Dave. What do you think of the prospects of Smith and Gregory actually being able to contribute something after being out of football for as long as they've been? I mean, I think Alden. Oh, go ahead, Nick. Sorry. 
I, I just, you know, it, it's a tough question to answer, really. Uh, I think that you're just hoping that, you know, with two guys, one of them sticks. Uh, one of them is in a situation, none of, maybe they're, they're getting greedy and they want them both to contribute. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll just see what kind of sh- shape they're in. Uh, sounds like Alden Smith is in good shape. But, you know, I, I don't think you can say, well, this is what he was when he first started. But if he, you know, again, I go back to, I'm not trying to pick on Dorrance Armstrong, but that's what they have right now at defensive end. So can you be better than that? Because I think right now he's the most experienced defensive end they have on the other side, unless I'm forgetting somebody. You could put Tyrone Crawford. Crawford be that guy? Okay. Yeah, you could put Tyrone over there, and then that all of a sudden they're better. But when you throw in a third guy, who's going to be the third and fourth guys? Yeah, I, I think that, you know, it, it's it's wide open with a lot of players. I think, I mean, with all the stuff we've seen about how he's working out, and obviously, you know, he he played for a long time in the NFL before his off-field transgressions caught up to him. If Alden Smith can get reinstated and, like, stay on the straight and narrow, I feel confident he can be, like, a starting caliber player. I You know, I don't know if he'll ever be a pro bowler again, but, like, I feel like he can play... 50 to 70 percent of the snaps and be fine for you um i just yeah i mean i want to see it to believe it really more than anything um but just as yeah i agree with everything nick just said that i think it's the biggest hole on the cowboys roster right now and to get you know to go back to bradley and i i'm really excited about the pick i think they got great value for him but for my money i don't think there is a position in football where it is harder to hit on somebody that's not a, a top-tier pick. You know, like, go through the list of great defensive ends and find me the guys that were drafted outside the top, like, 50 or 60 picks. There aren't very many. This is not a position like wide receiver where you can find a pro bowl or an undrafted free agency. If you can bend the corner and rush the passer, NFL teams are going to find you and draft you highly. Um, I uh, John Ledger, he's a great uh, draft guy on Twitter, he put out a list, you know, 2017, we talked about that pass rusher class as the way we talked about this year's receiver class. Like, there were so many good ones. Uh, Whether you want to talk about Miles Garrett, Solomon Thomas at the top of it, obviously Taco Charlton and TJ Watt. But the list just goes on and on. And three years later, Miles Garrett, who was the number one overall pick, and TJ Watt are the only good ones. They're the only good ones that came out of that entire class. Um, So I hope Bradley and I is great. But history suggests that it's very hard to pull off. The one thing I will say is I love the fact that Tyrone Crawford uh, is not, it doesn't look like he's going to be one of those guys having the jump between defensive end and defensive tackle. I actually would like to see him as a starter. And if you could get to a situation where he and Tank are your two starters, then you, you've got a situation where you can take Alden Smith and Randy Greger and make them situational pass rushers. I really love that because then you can just take advantage of the athleticism of those two guys, especially coming off, coming back to football after being out for so long. You're not putting a full a full load on them uh, to initially have to do everything. They can come in. They can just use their, their athleticism in order to try to get to the quarterback. I think that helps this team. Um, and then you see where, where other guys can fit in, where Dorrance Armstrong can fit in. Nick, I know... Uh, and I'll let you talk a little bit about Jalen Jelks, but I think he's a guy that, that maybe a lot of people don't talk about, but but maybe yeah. has some, some ability and, and maybe a guy that, that can factor into this. Yeah, I kind of heard some things uh, this offseason dating back to last year that, that they had kind of 
maybe the staff had somewhat regretted put, uh, putting him on, on IR uh, for, for the whole season, hoping that maybe they could just work through his injury and maybe he could give them something there at the end of the year. But, um, you know, he, he's just he's a player that he's got good size to him and, you know, has some upside. But like Dave said, there's a reason why he was drafted, uh, you know, or wasn't drafted at all, actually. Um, I forget. Was he a seventh-round pick? I he can't was remember. like an end-of-the-seventh-round guy, yeah. Okay. Okay. So uh, they all kind of they, they fly in together a little bit when, when you when you're talking about the end of the the draft. But you know he there were some reasons why he, like he fell as well. So it'll be an uphill battle for him, Joe Jackson. Uh, you know, but you just hope that any of those guys stick. And the Cowboys have some you know undrafted uh, defensive ends as well that you know maybe they'll they'll factor in. Pretty quick. Well, let's uh, let's. Ahead, and sorry. another, I was gonna say another thing that that makes me wonder is okay. Let's say your guy right now is Dorrance Armstrong, or let's say Alden Smith and Randy Gregory come back in, but it takes them a few weeks of regular season to kind of get back in the the groove and the pace. What does that create for Demarcus Lawrence then? I mean, looking at what he had last year when you had Robert Quinn and the kind of performance that Robert Quinn had. But at the same time, a lot of people, and I'm not saying Demarcus Lawrence had a terrible season at all, but definitely did not perform to the expectation of most fans, you know, as far as when you look at the contract situation. But what what happens there? How does that affect Demarcus Lawrence in this season? So uh, that that creates some concerns there because the whole... Def- the whole line, you know, it's a chain effect. You know, you, you need all those pieces to come together in order for them to perform well. And when you have one that it's just kind of eh, a little oxidated, I don't know the right word in, in, in English, but, you know, you need to add some grease on there to make it sound good and look good. And <laughs> sorry, th- th- that's a bad analogy, but you get my point. Is you you oh, need everyone to be very well greased up and yeah to to be able to work well together. So it does. The point is, it does make me wonder about Demarcus Lawrence and how that position there affects his playing time and not time but performance wise. I think that you also have to remember that the the whole defensive line structure is different. You know, uh, you're right about D. Law. He did not have the year that that everyone expected, and it didn't really meet uh, what the Cowboys were paying for there. But uh, as far as stats go, but the defensive tackle position is way different now. It's a bigger front up in the middle. Dontari Poe, uh, Gerald McCoy. Uh, so those two right there, I think it's going to create a different dynamic in what offenses have to look at and go, all right, let's pay attention here. They didn't have the, the, the beef inside that they do now. So that, that might create different uh, challenges for opposing offensive lines as opposed to saying double team D-Law. We're not worried about the guy on the other side. They have yeah. to worry about the middle now. And not only that, it- but I think I, I also think that Gerald McCoy will be a, 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 a bigger presence in the pass rush than what you were getting from Malik Collins at the three technique. So I think that combined with DeMarcus Lawrence and then whatever you can get on the outside, let's assume that those guys get reinstated and now you've got those guys being able to flip in during pass rush situations. They may be able to generate the kind of pass rush that they need and that they they weren't consistently able to generate last year. Amber, did you have something? No, I was going to say, it sounds good, it looks good, you know, when you started picturing these guys lined up together, but the fact that I haven't seen it happen yet, 
I haven't seen them in action just yet. It's kind of hard to fully imagine, you know, what this exactly going to look like. But as of right now, it does sound great, and I'm excited for it. But we'll see what happens when they get on the field. All right, we're going to take our final break. When we come back, Amber has a game for us. Uh, she's going to have, throw some questions at the crew, and we'll see what you guys have to say about that. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping! Whether you're into being a part of this or more into something like this, SeatGeek has the tickets to the events you love. It's the easiest way to find, buy, and sell tickets. Plus, with their deal score technology, they'll recommend the best seats in the house at the best value. So the next time you're craving this, the SeatGeek app and let's go. SeatGeek. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too Right above the subway! Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor, Angus! A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store to find out how to get one of our popular smartphones for $0 down. Based on GWS1 score September 2019. Back to the break. Welcome back to the break. We are live. Uh, we are in our home studios. We are talking Cowboys football, and Amber has a game for us. Amber, what do you have? Well, it's not much of a game, but I since we haven't, you know, we don't have the ability to take phone calls or anything. I did pull up some questions that the fans have been sending in, and I thought we would get through some of these. So to okay. start off, we already talked about the drafted guys, but we haven't really discussed the undrafted list. Out of those undrafted guys, who would you say would be an intriguing guy or someone to watch for this training camp? Hmm. Anytime uh, someone that catches your attention. Anytime you're talking undrafted free agents, I'm I I follow the money because they they give the most money to the guy they're the most intrigued by. So for them to supposedly give a one hundred thousand dollar signing bonus to. Rondell Carter out of James Madison is crazy. Uh, if you think back a few years, they signed an undrafted receiver by the name of George Farmer. They gave him fifty grand, and that was like the story of the year. Like everybody wanted to talk to this guy because he was the big money receiver. They gave Carter double that, um, and I'm I'm the guy that just said you don't find good pass rushers in undrafted free agency. But if the Cowboys think that highly of him, I am intrigued by what he can do. Yeah. I, uh, 
I don't have the list in front of me, but I, I think there's a safety out there. Uh, maybe Luther Kirk, uh, maybe is his name. Yeah, uh, he's Illinois the only State. safety on on the Illinois State. So you're talking about that type of level. That means, and a lot of times when you get a, a, a lower level safety, they could play corner. Um, and you know, I, I remember there were some players the Cowboys drafted a long time ago that that played Division Two. And they could play corner. They have that much skill. But if you put them at corner, they're just going to shut down that side and, and they'll never play. So you put them at safety where they can go and make plays. And I believe he does that for uh, at Illinois State. He's the only safety that, that's been added at, in the rookie class. So, you know, I did, he, he'll have an opportunity unless they make more moves. But he'll have an opportunity to, to do some things. Um, you know, the, I, I actually would think Rondell Carter, just because I agree with Dave on, on the money. I also look at the flip side of that, Dave just said getting a defensive end that's not a top defensive end the likelihood of them actually doing anything of consequence is is probably pretty low so so yeah he's probably the guy you keep an eye on just because they were so hard uh they went so hard after him in order to get him onto the team uh but to be honest with you i don't i don't really know that any of those guys really stands out to me as a guy that i think has a great shot this is not a team i don't think uh based upon what they did in the draft and based upon what they did in free agency i don't think this is a team well, there's going to be a lot of opportunity for young undrafted free agents to even make this team. So uh, I don't really know that there's that, that, that any of these guys really end up making a, a making a, a difference at this point. I think the best option is trying to get on the practice squad um, and seeing if you can be or, or becoming a, a special teams type player, because uh, I just don't know that there's enough room on this team for for those guys to actually make it. Little got- backstory there on Rondell Carter. Uh, Carter, he was a guy that they were thinking about drafting in the seventh round, but they took his teammate, Ben DiNucci, and so it, it probably helped uh, Carter to not be drafted because then he gets a, a high signing bonus for undrafted guy over 100000 plus. Part of his salary is guaranteed uh, for, for the season, so that's how much they're expecting him to be a part of things. I don't think he would have gotten some of that if he was picked in the seventh round. So uh, sometimes it helps to, to not be drafted. Then you can pick your spot and pick your price. I got a I got another name I want to throw out there. This is intriguing. Maybe I'm just too much of a football nerd, but Shewo Alanalua, uh, the the fullback yes. running back out of TCU. He's a fullback. I get it. We haven't seen the Cowboys use a lot of fullbacks, but. Dude, he's definitely intriguing. Dude is 6'3", 230 pounds. Uh, TCU gave him the rock. Like he, I think he had 500 yards last year. Uh, runs a 4'6", at that size, which is pretty impressive. Um, you know, I know Jameez Olawale is on the team, so that's that's going to make it tough for him. But I'm not going to be shocked if that's a guy, you know, if we play preseason games, he's going to be the star of a preseason game when it's the fourth quarter. Yeah. Yep, because he can definitely run. He, I think he's a big running back more than he was a fullback. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's how they're going to play him. But you're right, uh, Dave. He, he got the ball a lot, and he was doing it at TCU when he was 18 years old as a freshman. He was a four-year guy there, and he was running over people um, as a freshman. So, yeah, I, I'm actually surprised that, that he was an undrafted free agent. Now, can can we pronounce his name all the time? I don't know. He's got he needs a nickname. I'm not gonna lie to you. I, I pulled it up on my computer before I said it, so I hope hopefully I didn't measure it. Well, it just makes me think of um, what was the guy they got last year? I think it was that we were all really intrigued about, and then they ended up cutting him. 
And then we saw him last year. The with running back team. from Alabama. Oh yeah. Oh Bo Scarborough. Scarborough? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Bo. Bo. Yeah. He was a seventh round pick. Yeah. Yeah, it reminds me of that. You know, you 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 were intrigued by him, and then at the end of the day, cut, gun, see ya, and then you see, that's pretty that's much it. Tough business. Tough and then, and then, <laughs> and then for the first quarter, oh. they couldn't tackle him. Yeah. Go ahead, Dave. No, I just that's what I kind of my point about Bradley and I is like, if you're drafted outside the top four rounds. I would just temper my expectations about what's going to happen. And, I mean, I'm not trying to sound like a hater, but that's just math. Yep. Were you going to say something else, Nick? I was no, I was saying about Bo Scarborough. Yeah, cut, you're gone. See you later. We'll see you down the road until we get to Detroit, and then we can't tackle you for the whole first quarter, and then you look like Bo Jackson <laughs> running around there. Yeah. It's like, yep. oh, yeah, that, that's the guy we, we cut earlier. Yeah. And then, and then Cowboy fans are like, stupid Garrett for cutting this guy. He's going to go to the Hall of Fame. You know. <laughs> All right, so out of the, the draft picks, which one would you say would be a day one starter? Lamb, for sure, right? Oh, the, uh, I mean, yeah. Aside from him, because that, that one's kind of obvious, but aside from him, when you look at the rest of the drafted guys, who would you think would be capable of being a day one starter? Capable? I mean, Diggs is the only one, right? Well, not capable, because a lot of these are capable, but that will actually be That's, a day one starter. And I can I mean, see I can see the hot take artists on Twitter already hating on this draft class, because honestly, I think Lamb is the only guy that I expect to start right away. I think Diggs could, but I don't think it's fair to just say he absolutely should beat out these three veteran NFL cornerbacks. Four, really, if you throw Worley in there, oh. so... To expect him to beat them out from day one, I'm not saying he can't, but I don't think it's fair that he should. Uh, same thing goes for Neville Gallimore. I mean, he's he's not going to beat out Gerald McCoy. Um, and I know a lot of people talk about Tyler Biotish, but I would have to see that to believe it as well. That doesn't mean they're not good. It's just hard to be a day one starter in the NFL. I mean, let's let's not forget that, that you know, and, I, and you guys know where I stand on this. I didn't think it was as great as everyone said, but there there's... They did have talent last year. I don't think they were the most talented team in the league and all that, but they have talent. It's hard to come in as any draft pick and and be you know and knock people out of spots. Um, I think Dave, you make a good point there with uh, uh, Biotish. I mean, he okay fourth round pick, Remington Award winner is the best center, and now can you beat out a journeyman center who continues to sign one year deals and Joe Looney? I doubt it. I doubt he can. And so that just goes to show just how tough it is to, to break in there. And if the Cowboys don't start out in three three wives in the first play of the season in L.A., if, if, as Dave predicts or whatever, then C.D. Lamb won't be starting at, at wide receiver. Now, technically, he'll be your third receiver, but that doesn't necessarily mean he will be the starter. Does he run out of the fire in the starting lineup when they blow fire? You know, I don't know. If they open the season in a multiple tight end set, I'm going to be beside myself. I will be so unhappy. Even Lamb could come on the next play. I won't care. I'll be so pissed off. Yeah, and I'll say this too, though. I think the fact that they that that we have all of this stuff going on with COVID that's that's keeping uh, the players from being in person at the facility. I think that also helps. I mean, that also hurts these rookies being able to come in and immediately mm-hmm. be starters. I think there there's going to be a premium on that value uh, that that veteran experience, right? Uh, because they've done it. They know what they're doing. 
Um, and, and for rookies, it's always going to be a learning curve uh, when it comes to, to acclimating from college to the NFL game. So I, I don't I don't expect that anybody other than C.D. Lamb, and C.D. Lamb's coming in as your third wide receiver. So I don't I don't expect there's any of these guys that are immediately going to be day one starters uh, outside of Lamb getting that third wide receiver uh, role. I don't want to just I don't want to write Diggs off completely though. Like I I think that's possible, but again I don't I don't think it's fair to expect that from him before he even practices in the NFL. What I think is possible is that by midseason Diggs is your starter. I don't think there's a huge possibility that going into the season game one. Uh, under the, the restrictions that we have right now, I have a hard time thinking game one, Diggs is your starter over those, yeah. like you said, over all those veteran guys you already have there. Now, he, yeah. might, he might be a guy that can come in when you go to three, three cornerbacks. Uh, I, just, I have a hard time thinking he's going to be ready to be a day one starter in, in, on the opening day of the season. Yep. All right, well, with every season comes new expectations. Every year, you know, fans get excited all over again because of X, Y, Z, and then you think, oh man, this is it, this is the year, we're making it to the Super Bowl, we're winning, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Okay, with that excitement comes the new coaching staff. Obviously, we haven't seen much, the Cowboys have not practiced, we haven't been on a field, we haven't played a single game, but based on the things we have seen so far and heard so far, what are your first impressions of Mike McCarthy and what he's doing here in Dallas? Well, I think that he what he's doing is is it is what he said is that he's gonna um, you know he's he's looking at taking the best players. He's not worried so much about what the scheme looks like. He's taking the best players. We saw that formula in the draft as well. So we saw him. They they stuck to the board for the most part, and and they. They let the scouts do the work, and then they followed it, and they picked really good players. And now we'll see how, you know, they've got really good ingredients. They didn't go with the store brand. They went with the best brand. Now let's see if what the chefs look like, if they can go cook the meal. But they've got the top-end ingredients. Yeah, I just think he's, I mean, he's hit every correct note to this point, like from the opening press conference. And no idea how it will play out on the field, but... I've been so refreshed by what they've done. I mean, going back to the Andy Dalton thing, they do not do that. They do not do that last year with Jason Garrett. They do not. <laughs> Cooper Rush is still here. No disrespect to him. He's a nice guy. But, again, stepping outside your comfort zone to improve your roster. Stealing this stat from our friend Bobby Belt, they spent more money on outside free agents this year than the last two years combined. Um they have they have changed up their process. It's very obvious. Drafting C.D. Lamb, I think I think they might have drafted Lamb even with Jason Garrett. I don't think it's fair to say they wouldn't have done that because if when the draft grade is that absurdly high, I don't think even Jason Garrett gets in the way of that. But it's still been a very refreshing off season. Uh, it gives me a lot of high hopes, and you know we'll see where it goes from there. You know, the, the biggest thing that I think Mike McCarthy has done that, that's made probably most people excited about him is he's been different. That's the thing. Like, we look at, you know, kind of his demeanor from that first press conference, and he's the first thing he says is, I don't, I don't really know what to do with my hands. And you juxtapose that to the guy that was here before that was so buttoned up and so polished, and everything had to be exactly, exactly perfect. Um, and, and it came off to a lot of fans. 
in media as being robotic rather than being authentic. And so initially we, we th saw him as authentic, which was the exact opposite of the guy that he that he was replacing. And then you look at free agency and they spend a little bit more in free agency and get some players that typically in the last several years they haven't been willing to do. And then you look at the draft and they're going with, uh, as, as McCarthy said, he just wants great players. So it looks like they just go with great players. They don't care so much about the fit that would maybe make a guy a little higher on their board than maybe other boards. But they go with the guys the best available player as, 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 as what they told us. And so, once again, it looks like everything that he's doing is just different than the previous guy. The interesting part will be to see if being different is necessarily better. We don't know that it's going to be better. We know that it's different. And right now, that's all everybody was craving for is something different. We just want to see something different because what we've been doing for so many years wasn't seeming to work. Yeah. Now, to add to that, um, we're running out of time here. I'll save the rest of the questions for next time. But you know me. You know I always try to read people and just observe people and see how they behave and act and talk. Initially, with that first press conference that Mike McCarthy had, I was like, eh, maybe this... I liked him. He's funny. I like that. You can see some human aspects of him. But then I was like, well... Maybe he, he might be a little soft, like a little too nice for, for what I want on a head coach. But then, through the time that we've been gone through right now, I, I, I've seen different little fiery moments where I'm like, okay, yes, yes, he has it in him. I see some aggressiveness in there, in him. So I'm excited to see that that combination of both and like you said Derek just the the fact that it's some someone new someone different a new voice and I think that hopefully the the guys in the locker room you know when you bring someone else in that you're that you don't know usually you tend to impress them and want to do better just to you know be on their good side but so I'm excited as far as the whole new change with everything I don't know what kind of guy Mike McCarthy is I mean, I, I mean, I don't know how fiery or soft or whatever, but somebody told Jason Witten that he's not coming back, and, and I don't think it was Jerry. I mean, I mean, I mean, I think Jerry wanted him, but you know, somebody kind of said, "Hey, let's let's move on from from the, the greatest tight end that the Cowboys have ever had." So, um, yeah, I don't yeah, know. That takes a lot. Yeah, yeah that's not a soft person doesn't do that for sure. No, yeah. and, and you know what? He's done that with Brett Favre. I mean, he did that in Green right. Bay, so he's. I think he's he's the guy, and you guys said it best. I mean, it's changed. That's what they needed. They, they needed a different voice, and he's definitely doing that. And his actions are speaking louder than his words, too. All right, guys, we appreciate you joining us. We're going to be back next week at our normal time. Remember, tomorrow we will have a schedule release. We'll let you guys know where the Cowboys will be playing and when they will be playing those games. Uh, tomorrow at 6.30 Central p.m. Uh, here on DallasCowboys.com, on the Cowboys mobile app, on the Connected TV app. And across all of our social media channels, make sure you join us for that show where we release the schedule. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?